All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. It was a record-setting night in the NHL. We're going to get to all that and more. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live on Thursday, December 8th. I'm Kyle Uremchuk. Frank Saravalli is riding shotgun today. And Frank, I'm assuming you're doing good, but there's no way you're doing as good as Tage Thompson is today, right? What a night. It's like that picture of him holding the five pucks at the end of the night is the ultimate. Just throw it on the table and check it out. What a what a humble brag that is. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, so let's not waste any time. Let's start two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and uh, start with Tage Thompson because there are three people who I think slept unbelievable last night. Tage Thompson himself. Sabres GM Kevin Adams because he can sit there and go, yeah, I got this guy locked up. He's not going anywhere. And three would just be anyone who has him in fantasy hockey because the rest of your matchup is going to be an absolute cakewalk. Five goals for Tage Thompson. We flashed up the photo of him posing with all his teammates who had assists on those five goals. I mean, Frank, this guy had a hat trick by the 12-22 mark of the first period. That is absolutely bananas. He had four goals by the end of the opening frame. And then, well, his ice time, as you can see here, he only ended up playing 13 minutes and 56 seconds. Uh, but what can you say about Tage Thompson, who has taken the leap from potential one-hit wonder to, I think, superstar this season? Well, I can say two things. One, my only disappointment from Tage Thompson's night is you get a look at their coach, Donnie Meatballs, handing out five pucks. I don't know how he had room for all that. Those must be some pretty deep pockets there for Mr. Granado. But my only disappointment is that Tage Thompson barely played in the third period, three minutes and 55 seconds, as he had an opportunity 
to chase an NHL record. You never know. That Columbus team, they looked like they were beaten up and had given up by the time five minutes had worn past in that game, which was, by the way, nationally televised in the U.S. And I was thinking, what an odd game to choose. And boy, was TNT ever rewarded with the night that Tage Thompson put up. And the other thought process I have, Tyler, is how much shame I'm feeling in doubting this contract for Tage Thompson that he signed with the Buffalo Sabres. Seven years, $50 million signed last summer. And I was saying to myself, this guy is coming off of a 38-goal, 68-point season. Why did the Sabres need to sign him to this contract? What if it was such a statistical outlier for him? Look at some of the other years that he had. 14 points, 12 points, 8 goals was his previous career high before last season. What an incredible risk that was. But man, what a bargoon that contract looks like right now for the Buffalo Sabres. A guy that's six foot six that does just about everything and seems so nonchalant as he blew a 100-mile-an-hour shot past the Columbus Netminders, one of which who saw a second tour of duty in that game. Yeah, and, and what a rare thing that is to happen as well. Um, you have Tage Thompson's numbers up here. He's the prime example of a late bloomer, right? He's the per he's the perfect description of that. Six foot six, 220 pounds. He always seemed like he had the physical tools. It was just a matter of piecing them all together. And yeah, if, if the Sabres, if they wouldn't have locked him up, I mean, Frank, we'd probably be looking at what, a 10 million plus AAV this coming off season? Uh, probably not quite that high, but certainly way north of the 7.1 that the Sabres signed him at. And man, you look at his season so far, only two players in the National Hockey League have more goals, Connor McDavid and Jason Robertson, an incredible start to the year for Tage Thompson. Yeah, and if you were someone who bet the over last night in Columbus and uh, and uh, Buffalo, Tage Thompson said, I got you. Uh, let's move along to a team that was on the opposite end of the emotional spectrum from them, and that was the Arizona Coyotes last night, ending a record-setting 14-game road trip, Frank. Yes, they had a couple of chances to stop back at home, as you can see on the map here, but man, I mean, from Arizona over to the East Coast, and then you're back to play Vegas, and then you're going out to play Nashville and Carolina and Detroit, and then you're going back and going up to Canada, as you can see at the very top, they finish it up. And if there's ever a night where you can excuse a team getting drubbed 8-2, I think the final stop in a 14-game road trip is one of those moments where it's like, yeah, we'll cut the Coyotes a little bit of slack because this was just a crazy run in the schedule, Frank. Yeah, if you're counting along at home, 14 games on the road, 12 different states and provinces covered, and they just looked out of gas, which coincidentally enough, the they had a little fun on their broadcast because this road trip had gone on so long that they basically had quizzed a bunch of players. Hey, what hotel did we stay in when we were in New York? Do you know what state we happened to stop to refuel in on our way back to Arizona because we, our plane couldn't make it all the way back? Oh, yeah, that was Kansas. So add a 13th state or province to the list. And some of the guys had no idea on the questions. That's how long it's been. It's been a really tough year for the Coyotes already when just looking at this trip. And we kind of knew it would happen that way with the construction ongoing at Arizona State's Mullet Arena. They got a chance to kind of partially move in with four games that they played at home in late October and early November. But now they can finally settle in and they've got 37 of their last 58 games of the season to be played at home where they can kind of you know, get used to their temporary home now. So um, 
the real upshot for them is a chance to get to see Jacob Chikrin continue to play well. He's been really good to start. And this season is all about the best draft position possible. So 7, 13, and 4 is their mark through basically the, the first third of the season. 28th place in the league in points percentage, as you can see on your screen. And all things considered, probably a quality start if you're Bill Armstrong and your staff. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I made the comment earlier about people who slept good last night. I'm sure all the members of the Arizona Coyotes, once they get back into their own beds, will sleep fantastic. And as you touched on, I don't think anyone in that front office is losing too much sleep over the fact that they lost, what was it, 11 or 10 of their final 11 games or 11 of their final 12, sorry, is the is the number on that road trip. It was a tough run for the Coyotes, but kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off. At least you get a ton of home dates down the stretch here and in the back half of the season sticking with last night's games dan vladar what a run he's been on for the calgary flames and we have it titled here is steals the crease and when you look at the recent results four straight wins a 900 or better save percentage in three of those four victories the player they acquired a couple summers ago 25 years old signed him to a two-year extension as well he's starting to turn some heads and get some attention especially when you consider how Jacob Markstrom's playing. In 17 starts this season, Markstrom has had a sub-900 save percentage in 11 of them. Frank, is it fair to say Daniel Vladar is going to be the Flames starter for the next little bit here? He would be if I was running the Calgary Flames or coaching that team because he's earned it. He's been that good in this stretch. It's three straight starts, and if you're scoring at home, it's six of the last eight games that he started for the Calgary Flames. And I think he's been a big reason why that team has been able to inch up a little bit closer in the standings after a tough start to the year. He's settled down their crease, and I think he should run with the ball until he drops it at this point. I don't call it a goalie controversy because there seems to be absolutely no controversy if you watch the interactions between Vladar and Markstrom, who appears to be incredibly supportive. You see Markstrom on the ice after their win on Wednesday night celebrating with Vladar. You see him talking uh, to Vladar in between stoppages and timeouts, giving tips and pointers, a thumbs up here or there. I think stuff like that goes a long way. And if you're a good teammate and you have a good relationship with the guy that you're sharing the tandem with and sharing the load with, that can really help your overall team dynamic, especially at a time when the Calgary Flames need it. I think there's other positive signs to point to if you're Calgary. You see some things in this homestand as they reeled off a few wins. Jonathan Huberto playing a bit better, making more creative plays with the puck. It looks like he's beginning to settle in. You'd like to see more of that from Mackenzie Wieger too, but you needed your goaltending to be a lot better with Jacob Markstrom having a sub 900 save percentage to this point in the season. And clearly the Flames think a lot of Vladar to get a contract extension with him done really kind of in the first couple weeks of this season to not only provide themselves with cost certainty in case Vladar took off, but also to have an incredible asset that they could potentially trade at some point if some team sees the same run that Vladar's on now as a future number one, because that's how a lot of people inside the Calgary Flames organization view Vladar as a potential and surefire number one at the NHL level. Yeah, I remember early in the season when we were talking about options for the Toronto Maple Leafs when it looked like their goaltending situation was up in the air. And you mentioned Vladar. Like you said, that contract would give him a ton of value around the league. But if you're the Flames, Frank, two more years, $2.2 million, to have a high-end backup for Jacob Markstrom, who we who we know is can be a little inconsistent, 
why would you ever move on from that, right? Like in today's NHL, you need a duo. I would be keeping Vladar all the way. Yeah, I think the only time this gets really interesting is what if Markstrom's game can't recover? And we're still a long way off from that. And maybe this time that Vladar is handling things in the crease gives Markstrom a chance to hit the reset button and really work and hone in on the technical aspects of his game. Injuries happen to every team throughout the season, but every season we have a couple of teams who always get hit harder. And right now, that is the Colorado Avalanche, Frank. You take a look at daily faceoff and what's going on with their injuries. I'll rattle them off for you. Gabriel Landeskog, Darren Helm, Valeri Nashushkin, Josh Manson, Nathan McKinnon, Bowen Byram, Evan Rodriguez, Arturi Lekkinen. It was hard for me to get them all out in one breath, but they are very banged up right now, Frank. And the forward group they're icing is just, it looks so far from a team that's contending for the Stanley Cup. And I know some of these guys could be returning in relatively short order, but how concerned should the Avs be that maybe they won't be able to make it through this without their place in the standings taking a significant hit? Well, it's not just the quantity of players, as you pointed out, it's also the quality of players because almost all of them are significant impact players on the defending Stanley Cup champs. And the nice thing, if you can call it that, if you're sitting in the GM's chair as Chris McFarlane is in his first year of the Colorado Avalanche is that they got off to a 13-9-1 start before Nathan McKinnon went out. So that's provided them at least a little bit of cushion, not a ton in the standings to the point where they can kind of weather this for the next few weeks. And you look at their their roster, like, you know, I, I'm living, eating, breathing, sleeping NHL hockey, and there's a couple guys on this list that I've never heard of. Like, I, I have no idea who Sampo Ranta is, and perhaps I should. Um, Cal Burke, like, I've never seen these guys play. But the point is, no organization should have to dig this deep in a normal season, playing 23 forwards already at this point, um, as they did on Wednesday night with their 23rd forward entering the lineup. That's bananas country uh, at this point in the season already. We're just you know, about a third of the way through on December 8th. And the the tough part for the Avs is they're also expected to get almost all of these guys back in relative short order. We're talking weeks and or a couple months at the longest. So when you're looking at that, it's hamstringing the Avs on exactly what they can do to help their team in the short term. You can't go out and trade for a significant piece because then you need to account for all of these players to come back off of LTIR and drop back onto your cap. And as it was put to me earlier this week by someone close to the Colorado Avalanche was, would trading for one player right now really make a big difference? And my answer to that question was, well, I guess you'd have to tell me who that player is before I can give you a proper answer because maybe one player, wink, wink, could really help if it's someone of significance. I think the Avs have a big move at the trade deadline in their future, but I think they've got a lot of work to do to get to that point. I'm thinking someone along the lines of Jonathan Taves to address that second-line center option that's been a hole for them to this point in the season, but they need to just survive until then. They do still have their first-round pick in this upcoming NHL draft, which is interesting. A team that won the Stanley Cup last year, you think, oh, they've probably dug so far into their futures and granted no second, third, or fourth-round picks for the Colorado Avalanche. But having that one big bullet in the chamber, you're right, it makes it very intriguing. You mentioned, you know, salary cap and, and just trying to juggle that. 
big reason why they can't just go out right now and find someone who's available and plop them into this lineup. How do you see Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland, sorry, who is their GM now, having to sort of walk that balance? Is there anyone on that roster you look at and go, they're the piece you can move out to free up some money? I mean, not really. Like there's, you know, maybe someone on their back end if they're willing to get creative um, and, and trade a player to then, you know, free up some of that space. But, you know, I don't think someone like Eric Johnson, for instance, is going anywhere. So I, I don't see a lot of real movable assets. And up front, a lot of them are are key critical pieces that I don't think you'd want to. So what they're going to have to do at the deadline is get pretty creative in terms of, um, trying to have third-party teams involved to then eat up some of this salary. Uh, if you were to go after a guy like Taves, for instance, to chop him down to two and a half or two point seven five million dollars to then be able to fit him onto your team. Working on a little technical problem right now, Frank. So another question I'll throw your way because I mean there are a lot of teams around the league right now who would love to be going out and making a move and bolstering their team in early December instead of waiting until March or teams like the Avs who are banged up. You mentioned Taves and finding a way to get a guy like that and his cap it down to 2.75, 2.5 million in that range. Could this be truly be the year of the third party broker when you look around the league and just see how many teams are struggling with the cap and are either right up against it or already working in the LTIR space? It might be the last year of the third party broker because we are expecting the cap to go up at some point. And that's really been a vehicle used during this frozen flat uh, pandemic cap related world. So um, I think ideally teams would not like to pay twice in order to then, you know, it's, it's more assets that are out the door in order to fit in a player. But if they need to, by any means necessary, if you're a team like the Colorado Avalanche with the playoff success you just had, knowing you have a real opportunity with Nathan McKinnon and these guys in their exact prime, especially before McKinnon's deal jumps from 6.3 to 12.6 exactly doubling this offseason uh before it kicks in next year you want to do everything you can while you still have a kick at the can to then chase that mm -hmm. second straight stanley cup i'm gonna pull a little audible here frank and get to our daily inbox question today hashtag ask dfo and we talked a lot about Tage Thompson and the way this move or the way he was brought into Buffalo was amazing. When you look back at that Ryan O'Reilly deal and you compare those sort of two sides in this move, St. Louis got O'Reilly. They won a Stanley cup. You don't trade that for anything. When you get a chance at Lord Stanley on Buffalo's perspective, it's like, Hey, now as we look to emerge out of this long rebuild, we've been in, we have a legitimate star. Number one center. The deal was a true win win. When you look back through recent memory in the NHL, what's your uh, what what's the first win-win deal that pops into your pops into your head? I don't think you have to look too far or to a different franchise to really find one. And it's last season with the Buffalo Sabres for me trading Jack Eichel, a guy that was clearly reached the end of his road with the medical issues that he had with the Sabres and disagreement. Also, his cap hit and how big of an issue that was for a player that was mostly disgruntled and had a significant medical issue and a huge cap hit to be able to really get anything in return, let alone someone that came in and really helped their team last year and the vibes in Alex Tuck, a Western New York native, plus a former first round pick in Peyton Krebs and a first round pick 
and I believe a second that has not yeah. been drafted yet. It, it's it's still a ways off from being a total win-win because Jack Eichel has looked really good. But I think you could have a real debate and, and discussion at this point as to which team won the deal, which probably gives you a pretty good indication that it was probably pretty balanced. Yeah, and I, I look back through the last three, four years of trades, and I, I agree with you. There's no better example of a deal that could work out to be a win-win than that Eichel deal. But there's another trade that's on the total opposite side of this that I looked at, and it's the three-way deal between Philly, Nashville, and Vegas, where Philly got Ryan Ellis, and he's barely been able to play for them, unfortunate injuries. Vegas gets Nolan Patrick, and you're thinking, oh, he's going to go reunite with Kelly McCrimmon, and it'll be this great story. He's barely played for Vegas, unfortunate injuries. And Cody Glass, great story making the team, has one goal in 24 games at the NHL level over the last two seasons. That's probably the most unfortunate deal where all three GMs are sitting there going, ah, that really didn't go the way we wanted it. I think we call that a lose, lose, lose. Lose, lose, lose. Absolutely. Uh, all right. We are ready to go with our friend Cam Sharon and the number crunch. So let's get into today's big segment. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Always a pleasure to be joined by our friend Cam Sharon for the number crunch delivered by DoorDash. And Cam, we want to start with the team that you used to work for, former Leafs analyst. And it's funny, early in the year, we were sitting here going, oh, what are the Leafs going to do between the pipes? Matt Murray's banged up. Samsonov was banged up. But now we're at the point where are we looking at the Leafs as a team with a potential elite goaltending duo? Um, probably not, to be honest. However, they've just been so good compared to not only uh, expectations, just relative to the rest of the league. Like we're looking at, you know, I've talked before about how bad, not bad, but how uh, how save percentage has just fallen across the league. But the Leafs are pushing above 930 in terms of a, uh, uh, save percentage, even uh, 940 here. Here we're looking at how the Leafs have done relative over the last 25 games to league average. And you see that uh, since the start of the 2019-20 season, that they've just, that they are right now 
kind of an uncharted territory. This is as good as it's ever been for them relative to the rest of the league, especially in the Sheldon Keefe era. And it's interesting. Um, you know, I think that Murray and Samsonov have looked very, very good between the pipes. They've looked very confident. They're stopping a lot of rebounds and they're just making life easy on defense. But the other thing too, is that the Leafs play a system, uh, particularly a defensive system that is kind of underrated in terms of how, uh, how easy it makes life for their goalies. They don't see a lot of rebounds. They see, uh, they don't, face a lot of screens. Uh, defenders are able to get their sticks in the in the shooting lanes pretty quick and kind of disrupt those shooters. So it's, it, you know, goaltending is a really complicated thing to analyze. But the fact that the Leafs are having so much success just points to the fact that they kind of had the, that they're kind of playing this good team defense. And it's not just Murray, it's not just Samsonov, but Eric Schalkert was able to have some success. And we also see that now that Jack Campbell's uh, away from this system and kind of in Edmonton a little bit more exposed, he's really starting to struggle. Uh, I know that Oilers fans don't like to hear that, but this is, um, you know, it's interesting uh, just how, you know, how good the Leafs goaltending tandem has been, despite everyone seeing it as a weak spot going into the year. There's no guarantee this will continue, but just the fact that they've exceeded expectations by this much early on is a good sign. Yeah, Cam, I think what's been really interesting to me is that the team defense has been able to remain really strong despite all the guys that they're missing on their back end, which is really kind of, you know, you add all those things up plus the previous issues that these goalies have had, and it seems like some kind of voodoo magic for the Leafs. But they're already up to third in points percentage in the league, Cam. The problem is one of the teams that's above them in the standings is also in their division, the Boston Bruins. And stop me if you've heard that story before, whether it's the Leafs, you know, trying to chase down the Bruins or the Lightning and, and some of the issues that they've had with both teams in the playoffs. But do they have any chance of, of catching Boston in the standings? Uh, you know, they're only five points back, I think, when I checked. But, uh, you know, they played a couple more games. It's a really tough task. And just looking at the five-on-five uh, five goals, four percentage, which is probably the best uh, indicator at this point in the season of, of how things are going to play out uh, later on. Boston also, you know, not included in this, Boston has an absolutely elite P, uh, penalty kill right now. So, And uh, it's been them in New Jersey just all season long pushing above 65% uh, in terms of goals for percentage. And then you see a big drop off to the Leafs, who are actually third now. They had a really slow start offensively, but they seem to have picked it up. Uh, they, they're, they're pushing close to league average over the last few games. But it's still just not quite been enough to even catch up and be in the same stratosphere as uh, as where the Bruins are. Funny enough, uh, we also see the crack in there. I don't think anyone saw that coming either, but that's an aside. Uh, for the Bruins, though, like... What's what's fun? What's what's been interesting for for me when when looking at this team is that it's you know they used to be a one line team. They had that perfection line: Pasternak, Bergeron, Marshawn, going for so for so many years, and they really struggled without those without those guys on the ice. And they've kind of gone away from that. You know, they traded for Taylor Hall uh, and then re-signed him at the deadline a couple of years ago, and that's kind of given them not only a good second line, but it's also pushed uh, down some good players onto their third line as well. So their, their bottom six is actually succeeding a lot more than it used to. And uh, and I was very surprised when I looked it up yesterday, or, uh, yeah, yesterday night, uh, who their leader in five-on-five five points rate is. And it's not Hall, and it's not Marchand or Pasternak. It's actually Trent Frederick. And his line, he was he's actually been playing with Taylor Hall recently. His line with uh, Coyle and Hall last night, they put up two of the four goals uh, at five on five for the for the Bruins last night, and they're winning Colorado. 
So what's really interesting for me there is that the Bruins are getting a lot of success from the bottom six. Uh, in previous years, you know, they'd be lucky to be above 50% when when any of, uh, or when all of Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak are off the ice. And they've been up to 65% this year. Here we, yeah, here we are. Um, however, what, where I'm kind of worried for Boston is that the scoring chances hasn't really improved along with the goals for us. And we might be seeing a bit of a shooting percentage, uh, a little bit of a bender going in. We, you know, they, they, like I said, they're, they're scoring over three goals per 60 when they were normally lucky to break two. So we're seeing a huge increase in their offense, but not really in their scoring chances created. So, you know, it's one of those things kind of like the Leafs goaltending. You have to enjoy it while it lasts and it's good that they're getting the results. But yeah, uh, I'm not entirely sure that the Bruins level of success is sustainable. It's one thing if that was, if we were looking at that for the Bergeron or, or Pasternak lines, but that's not really the case. We're seeing that with guys like Trent Frederick and, uh, you know, I, I don't really know if he's able to sustain this offense over the course of a full season. We'll see, you know, weirder things have happened in hockey, but you know, the Bruins are a pretty formidable team. And it's also true that with that line on the ice, they're not, or with, uh, with any of the big three on the ice, they're not getting as many goals as they did in the past, but the scoring chance numbers are still there. So maybe they're just going to regress a little on both sides. Cam, as always, appreciate the insight. Love taking a deep dive into the numbers with you. The number crunch delivered by DoorDash. You can use that promo code GAMEDAY25. Get yourself 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Chat next week, man. All right. See you guys. Rolling right into our points bet daily bets today. Yesterday, Elias Pedersen with an assist late in the third. Nailed that. Also went over a point and a half with the OT winner and gave me the Canucks money line win. So I am uh, I am all in on the Elias Pedersen fan club this morning. Let's see if I can roll that into some success tonight. Couple of matchups I'm eyeing up courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. Starting with Nashville taking on Tampa Bay. Both Brian Elliott and UC Saros, who are the two expected goalies tonight. They've allowed three-plus goals in four of their last five appearances. Tampa Bay has even scored 17 goals in their last five, and this line is set at an even six. Love the over there. Love the Roman Yossi shot prop as my prop in this game. And for Toronto, it's hard to find value on them most nights, but Michael Bunting, how about this? Not just a six-game point streak for Michael Bunting in this matchup you see at the top, but a six-game assist streak. So I'm going a full unit on Bunting to get a point, which is paying out minus 135 tremendous considering he's on their top line and he's plus 140 to grab an assist i'm throwing half a unit on that as well so it's the over in nashville tampa the roman yossi shot prop and bunting to get both an assist and a point in that matchup tonight and with that frank we wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time what do you got today yeah and i'll keep it brief but number eight is 99 goals away from number 99 so Alex Ovechkin in his chase and pursuit of the NHL's all-time goal-scoring mark. We've reached another milestone. He is six away now from second place all-time with Gordie Howe sitting at 801. And as I said, 99 away from Wayne Gretzky. And that means that the watch is on because the projection, if you look at it on pace for 44 goals this season, Puts him somewhere around two calendar years from right now. So I'm thinking mid-December of 2024 
is when we're seeing potentially that record fall if Alex Ovechkin continues at this current pace of, I don't know, 0.52, 0.53 goals per game, which seems eminently doable for him around that 40 to 45 goal pace. Man, could happen before the new year in 2025, which would be pretty incredible. That would be absolutely wild. And we'll be here to break it all down in 2025. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another edition of Daily Face Off Live. That's a wrap on today's show. We are back tomorrow, noon Eastern, with a Friday edition of the show. Chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.